Hey Siri. Uh-huh. Play the Shake Back Sports Show podcast. Now playing podcast brothers of baseball Shake Back Sports Show. Yes, indeedy. You already know what it is when you hear that music. Shake Back Sports Show OT powered by the Big Game Christian Sports Network. And I have a bit of a special guest. I'm going to bring her in in just a second. Of course, we appreciate you guys out there checking us out on Facebook Live, as well as Periscope and YouTube. So, like I said, special guest. Uh, the world of social media, ladies and gentlemen, can be used for a whole lot of good. Even when the person that you have met may not be the same, have the same fandom that you may have. I am talking about none other than the host of Her in the Huddle. She is a sports aficionado out of Cleveland, Ohio, an Ohio State University alum, and she is a member of Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated. I am talking about the first lady herself, Rachel Hill. Rachel, what's good, my sister? Hey, I guess I'm about to do Crazy Willie show today because I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, this this fandom and all this other stuff. So I'm like, yeah, let me just join Crazy Willie, see what he's talking about. All right, well, if you don't know, uh, like, <laughs> like, like Biggie said, if you don't know, now you know because you're about to find out. All right, so I appreciate you taking, uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh, come and join us on the Shake Back Sports Show, OT, of course, powered by the Big Game Christian Sports Network, podcasting platforms, all to include iTunes, as well as Spotify and Google Play. Um, so let's just get into this. I, I wonder, I, I know you probably saw the uh, the college basketball game that took place in Indianapolis last night between the Gonzaga Bulldogs or the Zags and the Baylor Bears. Did you check that out last night? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on. I appreciate the invitation. Um, I did see that uh, boxing match that was pretty much lost on the first punch. Um, you know, one of the things is it was unfortunately a letdown of a game compared to the game that happened Saturday night going into overtime. So if you want to, you can kind of say that that game between UCLA and Gonzaga was uh, the national championship. No disrespect um, to Baylor, but that game was more reminiscent of a national championship than last night. So, yeah, I watched it. Um, one thing I – and I was telling my co-host, because I just got off air myself on my own show, we watched the game last night, and I've repeatedly said throughout the years, Gonzaga always has a choke in them. So, 31-0, you know, at perfect season on the line. And what did they do? You know, hey, they finally made it to the national championship game, which is something that they hadn't been able to do. So they had continuously been, you know, trying to get to the next step. And they did that, and they did that, and they got to where they want to be. They just lost, you know, and it is what it is. Hats off to them. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to Baylor. But I said Gonzaga has a choke left in them still. And they, I don't know if you can say they choked last night but uh they weren't competitive at all it was a blowout from the very beginning 
I think I don't necessarily want to say that they choked. I think they got choked because um because the defensive intensity that Baylor came out with was phenomenal. And when you have three, really three All-Americans on one squad in the starting lineup and you do that to them, that's not Baylor. I mean, that's not Gonzaga, in my opinion, choking. That's them getting choked and the most outstanding player uh, to me. This kid reminds me of Donovan Mitchell, and his last name is Mitchell, and he is D. Mitchell, but he wasn't the most outstanding player. But by far, he was the one that – he is the one that stirred the straw uh, for that Baylor team. And, look, Drew Timmy, he is a local product right here out of uh, Richardson, Texas, just north of Dallas. And mm-hmm. he he got it – he got it shown to him, in my opinion, about the athleticism that he doesn't have but being a big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I- Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. And one of the things that, you know, Gonzaga hadn't anticipated was the defense. And I said, you know, I think that Saturday night game took a lot more out of them than people thought, you know, because some people were like, they're 21. I don't care how old they are. You know, going into overtime, UCLA gave them, if you can say that, that was a boxing match. UCLA punched them back just as hard. That was the first time that they had faced you know, a true challenge. You're going to overtime, a lot of adrenaline from that win. You know, everybody's talking around about you around the world with that shot. That takes a lot. And then also, you know, these are college kids away from home in this bubble situation, you know, not really around their family and friends. So I think just mentally, you know, Gonzaga wasn't there to a certain extent and UCLA helped, you know, helped um, Baylor be able to pull that victory off because just from the start, you know, you could see it wasn't there. But what did Baylor have to lose? Everybody was talking about how great Gonzaga was, is this victory, you know, they're chasing history. And Baylor's like, we have a basketball team too. And guess what? We about to show you. They came in there relaxed. They came in there with no fear. And they're like, we're going to play our game. We're the best number three. We're the best shooting team of three points three-pointers in the country. We're going to get out there and do that. We're going to get out there and play defense because we have nothing to lose. Nobody's talking about us. Nobody expected us to be there. And, you know, maybe Gonzaga got a little cocky. Well, and 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 that's all true and good. And I, I actually tweeted the same thing that you're saying uh, at Shakeback Show on Twitter. Mm. Um, yeah. At Great minds think alike. Yeah. I actually tweeted that and said, yo, Baylor – probably got tired of everybody talking about how Gonzaga had the most efficient offense in the history of college basketball. So they came out there and showed them why they are dogs or why they were dogs, even though they are the Baylor bears. And look, I thought it was a dominating performance from, from start to finish. Even when Gonzaga got to within nine points at halftime, I was like, yo, it's, it, feel, it's, it says nine points, but it really feels like about 15. So um, yeah. people have said that the officials was trying to bring this game back because they didn't want to blow out game. But that was the thing. Every time Gonzaga got close, um, not UCLA, but Baylor was able to withstand them getting close at all. And let's be honest, Gonzaga looked like dudes that just show up at intramural. You know, I went to Ohio State. Our, you know, our, um, you know, our little gym facility was called Larkins Hall. It's like dudes who just show up and play. You know, there was nothing really flashy about them. They worked hard. You know, um, not watching a ton of Gonzaga basketball throughout the year because let's be honest, you know, it is three hours ahead of us. So it's hard when Cavs go on the road and those games start at ten thirty. So I'm not watching a ton of Gonzaga basketball, but. 
you know, they were the gold standard throughout the year. And, you know, this is why you play the game. And one of the things that me and my co-host was talking about, the selection committee got it right. You know, you had, you know, three number ones, you know, going, well, almost Michigan almost made to the final four, but you know, how about how they picked and number one versus number one, you know, made it to the national championship. So they kind of got it right. They, they got it close. You know, UCLA was that sleeper one. They had to play the playing game, but you know, you look at the history of their program and how well they performed and, you know, that's a little bit more of a veteran team and, you know, they got up there and, you know, it, it easily could have been UCLA playing Baylor as opposed to Gonzaga playing Baylor. And and shout out to to the Westwood the Westwooders because what they did I don't like them either. Well, <laughs> throughout the entire tournament, I mean, <laughs> being the la- being one of the last four in to being one of the final four standing, I, I don't think yeah. you've ever seen that before. So, shout out to them for that and then, you know, Baylor, uh, I'm sorry, uh Gonzaga, you know, they ha- are they are who they have been all year. I think Houston was a team that not a lot of people thought they were as good as they really were. Um, and being mm-hmm. here in Texas, they are truly the best team in Texas, college basketball team that is anyway. So once again, congratulations to all those four participants, but particularly to the Baylor Bears for securing their first national championship in the history of their program. All right, once again, we got Rachel Hill on the line or in the studio or however you want to call it, kicking it with us. We're going to get to some hate here in just a minute. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about, <laughs> I know, I know you, uh, uh, you had Natalie Turk on your show a couple yeah. days ago and you guys, yeah, we had a good time. you guys had me rolling. She is a, my hashtag sissy of baseball. Um, I got a show called the hashtag brothers of baseball and she regularly contributes. So that's, oh, all okay. we, that's all we chop it up about is about baseball. She unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight. She's not yeah. feeling too well, but the Indians, the or let me put let me let me go back. Major League Baseball has season or has started. Uh the Indians <laughs> with Detroit and dropped two of three to the Tigers. Uh came home on Monday, yesterday, with their home opener, and they didn't fare too well. Now, I, I me and Natalie have been saying this really since the season ended last year, all throughout the hot stove and in, into spring training that. We thought that the Indians are going to be a little bit better than than people in Cleveland or, or even Ohio may think they're going to be. How do you feel about that statement? And do you think that they're going to be better than what what people think? Um, I have to be continuously talked off the ledge because baseball is my favorite sport. Uh, I love the Indians. Um, I've reined it back a little bit throughout my experience actually covering baseball. So it's kind of love you know, hate relationship with baseball right now, but with Cleveland Indians, I ride or die with them. And, you know, right now it's not looking good. It is very early, but if you're going to have anemic offense um, throughout this season, you're not going to be able to get anything done. And you can have the best pitching staff in baseball, which we pretty much do, uh, one through five, but if there's no run support, you know, it, it, you're just a dead duck in the water. And this is not a team in which they can get down behind and play from behind because they just don't have it there. You know, that third game, which, you know, they got swept by Detroit, which is one of the worst teams in baseball, and the Indians held the record, almost 26 straight wins against them, and almost got swept by them. That would have been very, very bad. Um, you know, but it got the 9-3 victory. They didn't come home and open the day. You know, Logan Allen uh, gave up that home run to Whit Merrifield, who just is, you know, just hits out of – 
out of your mind, out of his mind. So, you know, if there was going to be anybody who, you know, was going to hit a home run off of you, it was going to be him, you know, then he settled down a little bit, but the Indians weren't able to string together, you know, hits and runs. And it was funny during a press conference, one of the reporters here um, did ask Frank, uh, Fran Mill, who <laughs> almost said Frankie, <laughs> asked Fran Mill Reyes, you know, are y'all having problems hitting? And Fran Mill was like, no. And I'm like, Fran Mill, stop lying. Y'all know y'all can't hit the ball right now. You know, right. um, so that is going to be a huge issue because obviously that's the point to score more points than another team. And if your bats, and that's one of the things, you know, about the Indians that it always been, you know, if the bats are going, the pitching isn't going. If the pitching is going, the bats aren't going. And, you know, Tito's teams usually start off very slow. But you know what? This isn't the this isn't the time to do that you know one of the things is you know we knew that we were on borrowed time with frankie we're on borrowed time with shane bieber we're on borrowed time with you know zach please we're on borrowed time with jose so i don't know what the indians are doing you know they have the lowest payroll in baseball so uh pretty much they're rebuilding so i think people don't want to face the fact with that you know they let go of frankie they weren't willing to pay him we're going to lose all of our the stars and their contracts are up because the Cleveland Indians are a farm system for every other team in Major League Baseball. So we might as well get ready for the exodus of players when their contracts come up. They're not going to be here. So, um, you know, we have Terry Francona, which is one of the best managers in baseball. I'm still mad about 2016 when he didn't pitch Ryan Merritt in the World Series because Andrew Miller and Corey Kluber needed some time off. Um, but, you know, I'm working my way past that. Uh, but who knows what's going on with his health? And will Tito be able to finish out the season because he's had a lot of health setbacks. So, you know, he's a great manager, but you kind of need him to be there. And Sandy Alomar has got in and, you know, uh, helped fill that role quite nicely. They still made playoffs last year. So um, I'm trying not to jump off the ledge right now, uh, but it's tough because I believe, you know, stuff like this is a prelude to what's to come. And I don't have a stomach for it. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you something that you can uh, pull yourself back into the into the building and, and untie uh, the sheets from the bed and stop lift from hanging out the window. OK, you said your team and Nat's team and shout out to all my Cleveland sports talk writers. Zach, what's up, uh, John, everybody in the group? What's going on? Um, they have the same mentality. But let me let me throw you a, a lifeline. Last year's or actually the last two years. No, last year's American League West champion, Oakland A's. That's my favorite team, okay? Um, I picked them to go to the World Series this year. And got swept by the Houston Astros. I mean, royally swept. It wasn't even close. None of the games were close. Got destroyed. They did the Astros cheat. Yeah, they, well, That's what, what you got to ask yourself when the team played the, when they played the Astros. Did the uh, Astros really win the way they were supposed to? Well, the the A's didn't they didn't they didn't need for that <laughs> that not this series. Um, and then, and then on Monday night, got it handed to them by the Los Angeles Dodgers, also who I picked to go to the World Series. So it's supposed to be a West Coast uh, World Series, uh, a rematch of 1988, and my mm. team is 0 5 or 0 and 4 rather. No, 0 and 5. Um, so look, I might be standing on the ledge with you. But I might ask you to push me. <laughs> so yeah. All right. So let's move on to the pig. Oh and five. Yeah. Oh yeah. You didn't hear? Yeah. Oh, oh and five. Yeah. How's that even possible? Oh and four. <laughs> we haven't won a game yet. Let me put it that way. 
And uh, sorry, our, <laughs> our top three rotation guys have been beaten around pretty good. So, and we can't get any hits. Okay. All right, so let's move okay. on to uh, not like us. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your Cleveland Browns because uh, there's this thing coming up in your city uh, at the end of the month. You may have heard of it. It's called the NFL Draft. So yes. I want I I posed this question to Natalie Turk, but I want to ask you: Is the city of Cleveland firmly sold on and behind Baker Mayfield as quarterback? It depends on who you ask. I'm asking. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I defer to depends on who you ask. Uh, right. <laughs> um, it, it, it's it's very divisive. It's a very divisive topic in Cleveland. I don't know if you've noticed that where you have your Baker stands and then you have people who are like, I can't stand Baker. I want Baker out of town. Uh, Baker's came a long way. I think uh, this is so difficult. Um, I'm one of those people who are slowly getting behind town. I didn't want him drafted in the first place, just like I didn't want Johnny Manziel drafted, but nobody in the Browns organization listened to me. Um, and more or less, for me, it was more personal. Um, when he planted that flag at Ohio Stadium, you know, um, <laughs> that kind of did it for me. So at that moment, I didn't like – well, first of all, the year before that, he said, Ohio State football, who knows about – who cares about Ohio State football? So first of all, that made me mad. Then secondly, when he beat us playing a flag, which was so disrespectful, um, got a chance, you know, like I said, I'm not really watching Big 12 football that much, you know, um, but got a chance to see that Oklahoma Georgia game. And I was very impressed because I'm like, that should have been a national championship game because the national championship game was a blowout. Um, but that was a great game. I saw Baker, you know, hit some of the tightest throws in the tightest windows, you know, just. I saw a quarterback like, okay, you know, it's cool, you know. Um, I mean, when they took him, I'm like, okay. Because John Dorsey kept that very close to the vest, you know. And you notice there wasn't a lot of leaks. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of leaks when he was, you know, head of that organization. Um, when they drafted him, I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And, you know, Tyrod Taylor was in there stinking it up. And then, uh, you know, they put Baker in, you know, got the win. So, you know, okay, you know, Cleveland was so desperate for a win. I mean, you know, we come 0-16 and 1-15. and So, so desperate for our fortunes to change. Um, rally possum, all that. Thursday night football, national audience. Then, you know, Baker's name is started for the second year and gets in there and stunk it up. And, you know, I look at it part of the maturation process. He did admit that he didn't work as hard as he thought he should have. And that's the thing. You know, when some people are used to things being handed to them, like, and I say like Johnny Manziel, Johnny Manziel is playing football for fun. He came from oil money, so this didn't matter to him. Baker, I don't think he's as rich as that. But, you know, you thought everything was going to come to you, and this is like Madden. It's not like Madden. You actually got to get in there and work. And you weren't as great as you as you thought you were. You know, and we saw that regression. We saw all the interceptions and things like that. We didn't see the Baker that we got for those games. But also at the end of that season, Baker played against teams that weren't great at all. They were sucked. But, you know, hey, we'll take the wins. Um, you know, he – this is the playoffs, first time in 26 years. Um, so there's a lot to be said about that. Kind of had a stretch in it, kind of beginning. Where we're like, well, we don't know. You know, Odell went down. Um, but, you know, this team has done things in phases. So they got the quarterback. 
They got the offensive line, and now they're working on the defense to put a complete game together. My issues with last year with Baker, it, I don't really think it was necessarily Baker. So the play calling was against the Jets and the New York Jets. Once that game became 16-20, there's no excuse that Cleveland should have lost that game, even though they didn't have all their wide receivers. It turns into a you know running game game, and it turns into a tight end game. And for whatever reason, we got away from the game plan, but you had the whole fourth quarter, it was 16-20, to 20, and you shouldn't have lost that game to the Jets, who were the worst team in football. Then, in addition, because you were playing for the division at that time, you got to, you know, have – you know, ability to win. Then when we lost to the doggone Titans, Kansas City Chiefs, once Pat Mahomes went down, mm-hmm. no, we beat the Titans. Remember, we smoked them. That's right, that's right, but when yeah. we lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, once Pat Mahomes went down, we shouldn't have lost that game. They had that one drive that took four minutes and yards. I can blame Kevin Stefanski, but they put him in a system that plays to his strengths that will allow him to. I'm excited for the future if he continues to work hard and he saw how hard work pays off making it to the playoffs. You know, now they got a little playoff experience. I firmly believe if they beat Kansas City, they would have, you know, beat Buffalo and they would have been playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, Would they have got smacked by, you know, uh, Tampa Bay? Possibly, but I believe that offense could have went with anybody. I didn't even know Chad Henney was in the league. If the Browns had a mediocre defense, they would have been able to pull that game out. Um, but Baker, I, I just gave a long rambling answer. Um, Baker is very divisive, but I think if he continues to do well and grow and improve and this team can have some sustained success and continue to win and win the games they're supposed to win, I think he can have a long future here and they're going to pick up that fifth year option. They're going to pay him a ton of money. Um, and that's how it's going to be. It don't matter what anybody say about it. You know, this franchise is on Baker and they're in on Kevin Stefanski. They're in on Andrew Barry. See what it, it, you know, all it takes is a playoff win to change fortune. Mm -hmm. So. And then, and then going to Pittsburgh and beating big brother uh, was huge. And, and the, the start that they got off to, um, Mm -hmm. I I don't think any team would have been able to recover from that with Ben Roethlisberger. I think he threw the ball that, like 69 times that game, and it was ridiculous. So, yeah, but, he threw for over 500 yards. Yeah, but that's not always a good thing. That just tells you how far behind you are. Um, <laughs> so, so, I, I, I like Kevin Stefanski, and I, I think he was redeemed in uh, winning coach of the year. Nick yeah. Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the best duo running backs in the National Football League. Miles um, Garrett is a beast on the other side. I actually had picked him to be a top person in contention for. Uh, defensive player of the year last year. I think he's only going to get better. Um, I want to see what happens with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, there's so much speculation about what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen with OBJ? Well, he's here for another year. They can't do anything to him because of that. He has a clause in his contract. So with that injury, he's still here. Um, I, you know, it's hard not to, it's hard to, you know, uh, separate the analyst role from the fan role. And it's like, I want Odell to stay here as long as possible. Um, I'm a stand for him because my video of him went viral and I was on like every TV show. So yeah. when my Facebook account was in my video. Yeah. Do you ever see the video of him giving the kid the pair of shoes off of his feet at training camp? Yes. That was my video. Yeah, uh, ESPN didn't credit me appropriately. Put that out there. Um, But yeah, that was my video. So 
I think that, you know, one thing that you saw without him, we didn't have his speed receivers. We didn't have big playability. You know, you saw it a little bit with um, against that um, and against that game against um, uh, geez, what is that team? Uh, what is that team in Tennessee? The Titans. Thank you. Uh, Tennessee Titans. You saw one time getting separation, but there were really no big plays. You know, no deep threats. And that's what Odell gives you. He gives you that speed. Teams have to game plan for him. Also, he's a running back threat. I mean, he had a a touchdown against Dallas in which, you know, he ran the ball from 20 yards behind scrimmage. So, you know, he's a big play threat. And they they claim that they don't want to pay Jarvis and Odell, you know, money. But the money's there. They need to stop being cheap. Stop being like the Dolans. The money's there. You can pay the people to there. You can pay the people the money that they need. Um, So he brings a whole nother dimension to the um, offense, but you know, they say they're going to have to make that decision between Odell and Jarvis. I don't feel like it needs to be made, but you know, they are your one and your two, and you know, you have good supporting staff around them to catch the ball. You know, they just re-signed Hollywood Higgins. You know, um, Donovan's Peoples Jones has shown some promise, so I think that they have a great future in the wide receiver room. Hey, hey, that right there, ladies and gentlemen out there checking us out on Facebook Live, man, that is a full Cleveland Browns breakdown. And and I haven't heard anybody talk that passionately on the positive side about the Browns in a very long time. And I actually (laughs) I I am I'm actually hoping that they do well, because when you said that Baker Mayfield planted the flag at Ohio Stadium, I had actually forgotten about that. And so I'm going to just dive right <laughs> Look, I'm going to go there because as I stated in the introduction, Rachel is the first lady of Ohio State um, and the first lady of Cleveland, but she is a uh, Ohio State alumni. And for all y'all out there that know me, you know that I am a dar- diehard University of Michigan fan. So um, the team up north, it's what you guys refer to Michigan as, right? We don't call y'all anything. Y'all just whatever. <laughs> See, that's why you can't have We it. We won't even give y'all a name. So, okay, but, but in, in all seriousness, though, why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know, and I want some education. Why Why is that? Why do they say the team up north? Uh, you know what? It's funny because when I was at Ohio State, it's almost kind of generational. We just called it U of M. So we didn't call it the team up north. I think that was something that Jim Trussell um, started. And that happened when I was gone from there. I just graduated in 2001. And uh, he came in 2001. And I think he coached. No, John Cooper lost the Outback Bowl because I was literally right. We were riding back down um, to Ohio State listen to the radio when the news broke and we found out that John Cooper had been fired. So I was there during the Cooper years. We have, we only beat Michigan one time my sophomore year. Um, and uh, I had a ticket to the game and my grandmother died. So I sold my ticket for 75 bucks and I hopped the Greyhound to come to her funeral. And that was the only uh, Michigan uh, game that I would ever, you know, would have been able to go to. But in 2014, I ended up being able to get a ticket and we went to the Michigan game. So I was able to do that. Um, but uh, why start talking about that? Look, you got me go. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, no, that was a Jim Trestle thing that called the team up north. We kind of just called it U of M when I was there. 
So they, U of M, it was so it wasn't worthy of the rivalry was to the point to where it was not worthy of Michigan, the Michigan name being or the state of Michigan's name being stated. It's just U of M. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. I could take that. Um AO or whatever. Um, okay. So here's another question about the rivalry. And basically, where uh, from your from your experience and your knowledge. What is the issue? What is the issue between Ohio and Michigan? Why is it such a big rivalry? I mean, like one of the biggest, not just in college football, but in all of sports. And why is it that big to you? Um, it is the rivalry. It's known by the, the game. So everybody mm -hmm. else can talk about all these other rivalries, but this one has a name. And when you say it, it's worldwide brand recognition. Um, I don't know where it comes from. It's something that's passed down. Um, it's in our birthright, something we must do. Um, one thing is that, you know, there's a secret that a lot of people don't know about me and my, uh, my paternal side of the family is actually from Michigan. So that is something that I don't talk about because I don't want people questioning my high state allegiance. So that's something I keep very quiet. I just said it very public right there. Um, but you know, from your birthright, as soon as you're born, especially if you're born in Columbus, Michigan weekend, they put you in a blanket that says, you know, go Bucks beat, you know, Michigan, I think with the X, you know, uh, marked out. So from birth, as soon as you come out the womb, this is what you told to do. And I just went along with it and it feels good. It feels right. So yeah, that's it. Uh, I look into the history, but you know, uh, how that kind of happened, I don't know, but in 103 years, you know, the game has been played. And because of the circumstances last year, the game wasn't played. You know how mad that I think that makes people on both sides that the game couldn't be played 103 years. First time ever. Yeah. yeah. And as, as much as Ohio state has owned Michigan over the last, I don't know, 12 years or so. Um, no, they, 20, almost 20. Okay. Since they, came. they played the game last year in Ohio. They didn't play the game last year on Ohio state. No. Still. All right, so um, <laughs> your information, how can people check you out? Uh, people are going to get at me on Twitter and Instagram, 1ST Lady of Sports, First Lady of Sports, 1ST Lady of Sports, and also on Facebook at Rachel L. Hill, how my name is spelled here on StreamYard, um, on Facebook. So um, that's, I need to get much better with my social media and stuff like that. Um, but that's how people can find me and get at me. Are we done? I think we're done. You have something else? Oh you my wanna, god! You have something else you want to throw at me? Do did you get into Michigan? Huh? Yeah. Well, how, how did you become a fan? Oh. Where are you from? You from Texas, okay. right? Okay. So let me let me let me break the story down as we have really about a couple of minutes left to go in the show. So, um, I I've never lived in Detroit or never lived in Michigan. I do have people in Detroit. They've lived there since the '60s. Um, I actually have visited Detroit. I don't know how many times, uh, the most recently being in 2015, um, maybe it was the blue and gold colors, but for me, it's really Michigan one LSU one, a, uh, I grew up the first part of my life in California. Then we moved to Louisiana. Uh, my sister actually graduated from LSU. I went to LSU for one semester. I went to like three schools, and, but that's another story for another day. Um, <laughs> So, so, so my, my allegiance to Michigan is indirect at best. Um, but ever since it, it caught on, I've just been a fan of theirs ever since. Even with Harbaugh uh, doing what he hasn't been hired to do, 
here recently. So that's my story. Mm. And they said that not winning is okay too. So that's the loser's mentality. You right. know, that's what the board of trustees said about him. It's okay if you don't win. I guess they're trying to build a program. Um, I don't want Michigan to be too good. You know, I want our state to still continue to beat them. But, you know, it's kind of like the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It wasn't a rivalry anymore. You know, yeah, we get tired of, you know, smacking y'all around every year. 2006, one versus two with Bo Schambeck or Don the night before, I think was probably the best Ohio State-Michigan game in history. You know, other people, other different generations would, you know, probably, you know, say something different. But, you know, it, it needs to be competitive again. And uh, look, just like the NFL, it's better when the Raiders and the Cowboys are good. Just like college football, it is better when Ohio State and Michigan are good. Just like the Raiders and Cowboys. Yeah, I'm a Raider fan. You don't see that Raider, them Raider jerseys back there? God, I hate the Cowboys. They trash. Oh, oh, I hate the Cowboys too. Now, don't get it twisted. The Browns are becoming America's team, baby. Jim Holmes oh, said it, book it. The Browns okay. are America's team. How can you oh, not root for us? How can you not root for us? I do, actually. Oh, 16, 1 and 15. Come on, man. You know what? I'm going to bring you back on for another show, and we're going to call <laughs> it. This, this, this show right here, I forgot to title it. It was initially titled Caught Between Two Buckeyes, but now since there's <laughs> only one Buckeye on the show, I have been cornered by a Buckeye, but we're going to have another, another show. We're going to call it Cowboys Nation. Is it the fans or is it the team that we hate? All right, y'all put y'all hands together for Rachel Hill, the first lady of sports out of Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, look, I appreciate you coming on the show. You are welcome anytime. Thank you for having me. I will tell you, just like I tell everybody else, when you come on for the first time, you are, you are a guest. After that, you are now family. So, for okay. the dopest engineer in the game, Big Day, for my new sissy, Rachel Hill. Willie F.T. Jr., Shake Back Sports Show OT. We will holler at y'all again real soon. Y'all take care. Y'all love each other. Y'all hug each other. And we'll talk to y'all again real soon. Peace. We out.